You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey, your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all those glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self, not only as a dog trainer, dog walker, or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in, but as that badass entrepreneur. My mission is to disrupt the current norm, cut through the noise, cut through the bullshit, and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight, reclaim control, and transform not only their businesses, but their lives. It's real. It's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys. Welcome to this episode of Coach's Corner between me and Tits McGee. Tits! See how I made that rhyme? So if you're like, why the fuck is this chick holding up two pairs of boobs? Go back, listen to the very first episode above this one or below it, wherever it is, and you'll get the idea of why we call her Tits Motherfucking McGee. So this episode is all about relocation. Because chances are, if you are a human being in the United States, you are going to move at least once in your lifetime. You should move out of your hometown. This is for all the people that are still stuck in their small hometowns. No hate to you. So we have a client that is doing extremely well. She has worked her fucking ass off over the last four years to build a really healthy and sustainable pack hiking and dog training business in the middle of nowhere, like in cornfields, I like to say. We always make fun of her, or she always makes fun of that because she's like in the middle of GMO country. And she has gotten to such a place now where it's like, okay, I've made the money. I can support my family. She's the single supporter of her family. It's time to take care of me, time to take care of my family. And she's going to be moving to the Pacific Northwest. I believe she's moving to your old town, Maggie, right? Yeah, uh, she's moving right into little old Portland, Oregon, which for those of you guys that might not be aware, is one of the most dog business saturated cities in the United States. Yeah. So all about this episode today is surviving relocation because at the front of her mind, she's like, okay, how the fuck do I do this? I built something so incredible that's supporting me, my family of like 10, because she supports a whole bunch of people in her family. How do I survive this? What do I do next? Do I burn my business down? Do I sell it? Do I run multiple businesses? And how can I get this shit going? Because I feel like this is a question a lot of people have. And I've been through it. I know Maggie's been through it. It's like you, you get into this place of like, hey, I have a good thing going. What do I do next if I want to fucking move it? So this is what we're going to talk about today of how to move your business or the strategy around it. So Maggie, I want to actually also start with your story as well. Yeah, well, you know, it's certainly one of those things I've experienced uh, having to move and multiple states over. At one point, I moved from the state of Alaska all the way to North Carolina during my last big, big move. 
And, um, you know, I certainly have been in that situation where you literally feel like you're having to burn everything down and start from scratch. Uh, and that's one of the things that I've learned through multiple moves actually throughout my career is that you want to avoid as much as possible, uh, approaching the move as if you're burning it down and having to start from scratch. There's a lot you can do. Um, there's a lot that I wish I knew back when I did the last move from Alaska to North Carolina that I would now currently do if I were to move the dog training business over. Um, so it can be done. Um, you should start as soon as possible. And yeah, I really actually super excited to delve into some of the specifics around how that can look for you guys. Yeah. I, we did something very similar to about four years ago. We moved from, uh, from New Jersey. We had, it was very much like a Kim situation. We had this really great business going. I mean, it was at its peak. And then at that time I was in corporate and it was one of those things. It's like, Oh my God, this is such an opportunity for me. And my husband as selflessly as he is, he's like, Hey, I got your back. Let's move. So I went through this too. And it was, it was a whole I have, it's so funny. I want to actually talk about this really quickly. It was a whole new animal because in New Jersey, in that area we were in, we literally, literally were like a monopoly up there. Like Mm. the only ones doing what we did, people were just coming to us like in droves to where the plane is. Like we had a whole bunch of people working for us because we were so unique in that style of market. So when we first moved here, when I first started doing the research here, I was like, oh, fuck. It's not going to be as easy, but kind of following the steps that we're going to go through right now allowed us to basically hit the ground running, have some cash before we even moved. And it made our life so much easier. And also too, it's like, you have to know the market you're breaking into because if you're a pack hiker, cool. I can tell you probably like for Kim, for Kim, for example, as she's going into the Portland area, I think we did some research. There's like a whole bunch of pack hikers out there. So it's not going to really make you stand out uniquely. We have to look at what is going to actually make you stand out uniquely. Like what is your ultimate market value when you go into a new market? Because it's always fucking scary. So I think what Maggie hit on, the very first thing is if you're thinking about moving, first thing you have to start doing is planning now with your business. Like, move, yeah, move the business before you physically move. Yeah. Um, another thing too to pop in with is I like to think about it as now expanding into two locations these days. It's like you don't have to think about it as far as you're moving, but just you know opening up a new location and you're going to be there to help that new location thrive. Those of you guys that do dog training, hit us up to talk about fusion programs specifically because fusion programs will allow you to continue maintaining client relationships after you move from your old location and start new relationships, start making sales, which Kristen will get more into. You start making sales and working with clients from a distance before you physically move. So you end up literally with two different business locations. So it's not an either or Mm -hmm. is really the best strategy or way of looking at it. That, so one thing I want to point out, if I had that strategy four years ago, we would be in, it would have been so much easier because typically people either say it's like the one or two things it's burn it down, say, Oh, okay, cool. Here's some pros that you can go refer to or sell it. And guys, I got, I got to burst a bubble here really quick. Selling your business is not always the answer. (laughs) It's not always easy, 
And most likely, all the equity you put into it, all the blood, sweat, tears, money you put into training employees, if you get 100K for it, it's not even worth that. Take it from me. We sold our business along with hundreds, hundreds of hot primed clients. And the person that bought it, guys, which I think hurts the most, did absolutely nothing with it. (laughs) It was like, hey... Here is literally a block. Like I am actually, it's so funny. Like with grassroots clients, we have a client in that area. I'm like, Jamie, take these people. They have literally nothing done. Like it's to the point of where if I would have opened two locations, like it would have been told a, a massive game changer. So anyway, this is like one of the things is it's like, no, it's not burn it down. It's not sell it. It's not give it to somebody else. Look at this option of that two locations. Yes, I know moving is hard, especially if you have kids, you have your own pets, you got to find a place to live. It's scary, right? But we can promise you with the right strategy, with the right toolkits that we're going to be talking about, it's not going to be that fucking hard. And you are going to be in so much of a better place. It's just almost like compartmentalizing. I said that word wrong all the time, but it's like also putting the pieces into place. So where it's supportive of you and it's like, all right, cool. You know, you get in your house, you're like, okay, so I can go to work one day or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, and I think even for like a Kim Smith mm-hmm. in her situation, you know, you're looking at, okay, I'm going to have these kind of two locations sort of, you know, this is how my strategy is going to play out. But also in that process, this is a great moment of opportunity for those of you guys in the transition or looking at a transition moving to elevate who you are in the industry. It's an opportunity to, in a way, reinvent yourself and your services and and remind yourself what your value actually is. When you started offering your services two years ago, 10 years ago, seven years ago, however long it was, the level of quality and value that you brought to your services is very, very different. As an example, or as an example, the uh, Kim Smith or, or Kim, huh, they were talking about started off as a pack walker. And now she's really expanded into utilizing all of the good training knowledge and handling knowledge and working knowledge that she's got with dogs. So she has an opportunity to really expand and refine on what she's doing and on and what she's creating and the value she's bringing to her services. Um, so also think about that opportunity to use this as not just a move, but a move up. You're literally stepping up in your own corporate ladder, so to speak, right? You're, you're hiring yourself from within the business. Um, put yourself in an elevated position, perfect opportunity to, to tackle that. Um, like Kristen and I are saying, if you start your marketing process before you move, we're talking minimum three months before, as soon as you know you're moving, you should start that second location. Oh. And you start expanding and start playing around with, okay, who am I? What do I really have to provide? How am I going to how am I going to use my skills to carve out a specific niche when there's a whole bunch of people in this market I'm moving to and they're all doing the same thing? So that's going to be uh, the challenge for Kim next is how does that elevation look and how, where, what direction is she going to take it? Yeah, totally. So I think one thing is it's like, all right, cool. We talked about getting started, you know, all that fun stuff. But then it's like, I, when I talk to other people that are actually, cause we actually have a lot of people that reach out to us about moving. It's like, Hey, yeah. I'm in this rock and a hard place. I got to move. I want to move. I can't be in this area. So I'm, we're all for moving. If you like, especially if you're in a toxic environment or if you're in a mm-hmm. relationship or something like that. 
but it's like, is it really ethical to sell people into services before you even move? And my question is, it's not only ethical, it is required. Yeah, that's an interesting question because I, you know, with all of the people that do reach out that are in transition, I do hear that a lot too. When I start customizing a plan and it's like, cool, one of the things I like you to do is start to promote this dog training service at a distance. It's like, oh, is that ethical? Yes. If what you're offering is in alignment with the actual value that you have to offer, your offer means everything. And that means a blending, what we call a uh, fusion course courses, right? It's a blending of your hands-on physical services along with well-placed digital uh, classroom, so to speak. And, um, that way your clients can get started from your digital classroom. You don't physically have to be there. We have people doing this all the time with local clients, so it doesn't actually make a difference. Um, now, the morality thing comes into play if you are selling something that you shouldn't be selling. But that's a matter of if you're selling something locally that you shouldn't be selling. <laughs> yep. So as long as you're already within the line of ethics for your program design and everything, you're, you're good to go. The problem that I mostly find with people is that they're not ethically paying themselves well enough nine out of 10 times. So chances are you're already behind and you're ready for an upgrade in your programs, your pricing, and those connective tissues in your business and your service. You're already ready for that shit, regardless if you're moving or not. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that's, that's a really fucking good point about that because it's like, okay, if you are worrying about the ethical morals of selling to somebody beyond your current boundary of where you live... It's like, all right, let's do kind of a reality check. Let's check in with ourselves. Are you overselling something you shouldn't be locally at this point too? Mm -hmm. And it happens, right? We get super excited. And sometimes, you know, especially people that are in the transitional phase of going from pack walker or dog walker to dog trainer, sometimes we'll oversell on our on ability. And it's nothing wrong. I mean, I think all the really great pros that start out do that. Like we've everybody's gotten to kind of like hot water, but at the same time, it's like ethically, yes, if you are able to deliver to the clients, if the client is ready, it doesn't mean you're like pushing it down their throat, but it's like, listen, Hey, I'm going to go to PDX right now. I always, I always call it <laughs> shows my corporate because I always go back to like airport codes for cities. I know. It's like, that's the airport code. <laughs> I know. It's just my old, it's my old school corporate. It's like, okay. <clears throat> If, pe if people in that area are looking for a specific service that I can bring in and they're ready to go and I have a process around that, it is ethical to sell to them as long as it's in the boundaries and the alignment with what you can offer and what you can do with somebody too as well. And if you have a really great, strong fusion program, which is a blended method, which is actually something great too, not only for just dog trainers, I actually want to point out that fusion programs should be actually utilized by every single person in the pet dog industry, because it's not only going to elevate that client experience, but it's going to also give inherently more value to the owner and less time actually inside your client's business. I mean, inside doing business with your clients. So anyway, I think it's ethical to overextend yourself and to actually kind of, I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to use it because it's the only one that's coming into me, half-ass it. Mm. So. Don't half-ass things, you guys. Don't half-ass things. You're, <laughs> you're better than that, guys. And if you're listening to this, if you're watching this or whatever, I know you guys aren't half-assers, but there might be some people out there. Now, one last thing I want to cover before we 
go and end this coach's corner is breaking into oversaturated markets as the new guy. Now, this is my thought about oversaturation. Most likely, I live in our, like the RTP area, Raleigh Durham Research Triangle Park. Um, I'm not familiar with the Portland area. I trust Maggie when she says it's super oversaturated. We have a lot of clients in that area. So when you think about oversaturation, yes, there's always going to be oversaturation. But I'm going to say this with a lot of love. There's a lot of oversaturation with mediocrity. So you have a lot of rovers. You have a lot of wags. You have a lot of hobbyists doing dog training. So you, if you're feeling like a market has an oversaturation problem, it might just be you have a business strategy problem. Mm. So I actually want to talk super quick about that because again, when we moved to RTP, we are actually, what's really interesting about the RTP area is we have a lot of corporate style dog businesses, which are notoriously hard to break into, especially if you're a small business owner. And we, one of our number one clients back in the day was a large, large dog daycare facility that offers boarding, they offer training, they offer this, they offer that. And by strategically starting to build a relationship with them where I'm not going as like, here's my card, here's my card, I'm new to the area, here's our card, here's our card, promote us. By building a conversational and connection with the head uh, dog trainer there, who generally uses, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, more positive quote unquote methods and more like basic obedience. We were able to have those conversations and connect with them. And I can go back to my records and track at least a quarter million dollars of referrals they gave to us around the connection of it. And if you look at anybody, like for example, when we first moved into our subdivision, everybody takes their dog to camp, bow wow. Now, the majority of people call us <laughs> for uh, like, for like, Hey, can you take us? And we're just like, no, we can't anymore. So anyway, that's just my thought on that. Well, that's another piece that's so critical here is yes. Up, upgrade your business, get that kind of second location feel going on. That means going through your website, uh, SEO, all of that kind of stuff uh, mm-hmm. online, like Facebook accounts, whatever. But aside from all of that stuff that's really nifty and it's available, it's not a total strategy. The other piece here is that grassroots marketing. It's kind of like guerrilla marketing. It's boots on the ground. It's you creating and establishing connections and relationships with people. Pick up the phone, by the way. Last episode, we are talking about pick up. Those that get lots of bacon and lots of money, pick up the phone first. And that's one of the things that I did and I did really well coming into the Raleigh-Durham, the RTP market. Uh, originally was I knew exactly who was here and who did what and where the the market was at and what I could do as an individual, where was my value? I figured out how I could fit myself in there mm-hmm. and I curtailed my messages, my, um, my kind of direction with those relationships in a certain fashion. So I became like the number one person that like Kristen's saying that a lot of the other positive trainers actually referred people to even though I'm technically, I'm like right in between positive and balanced, I guess, if you would say. Um, but I'm not one of those people that your typical positive trader would get along with on Facebook, but goddamn, did they love referring their clients to me, yes. right? So developing those internal connections and developing a sense of not just the community, you don't necessarily want to go in on peer level with people, depending on who you are. But again, it's not, it was an opportunity for me to continue my Mm -hmm. elevation. And a lot of those 
people became my business clients <laughs> over time um, that I ended up building relationships with. Uh, but for you guys, it's like, how, wh- who is there? Who's willing to be friendly? Not everybody is, but make connections with everybody. Don't judge a business book by its cover, right? No matter who you are, you might look at somebody's information and prejudge them. Get the fuck on the phone with them. Make all of those connections. Figure out how you can help them when you get to town. Making those business-to-business connections and those grassroots marketing connections is imperative. And the the more saturated the market is, the more kind of clever you almost want to want to get help with this strategy wise. Um, because the trickier it can be, but the more important your own personal value and that elevation process then becomes. So you you know how to fit yourself in there. Yeah, and I know we're up against time right now. But one thing I do want everybody to really, if you take one thing away from this, is with the grassroots style marketing is don't do spray and pray. And what I mean spray and pray is go drop your cards off at every groomer, every pet sitting shop, every uh, every veterinarian or everything like that. Because everybody else has already done that a hundred times over. Mm-hmm. And there's market fatigue in doggy daycares and veterinary clinics. They make fun of people that do that. That's mm-hmm. been happening for like four or five years. You cannot talk to somebody in a busy veterinary clinic that hasn't heard staff laughing or talking shit about that dumbass person that just walked in like the person the day before, spraying, praying their fucking business cards Mm -hmm. with no value all over them. They don't want to hear that shit. So you have to be really strategic here for sure. And I'll give you a really good example. We have a really great groomer, Rachel. I fucking love Rachel. I love her so much. And she's literally disrupting the dog grooming industry. We normally don't work with groomers, but there's something special about Rachel. And she gets a ton of people, foot traffic into her door with pet sitters and dog walkers and dog trainers. Like, hey, kid, here's my cards. Can you refer me? She normally actually puts them in the trash because Mm -hmm. people don't, connect with her. She is looking, I can tell you, she is looking for professionals to actually help her out and help her clients out. But because it's so one-sided relationship building, which everybody's used to, it's like, okay, if you look and see how to market your dog business, everybody's like, oh, go to this thing, go on next door, do this, do this, do this. It's so one-sided. It's like going out on a date. It's like here, it's like the dick pic of, <laughs> of marketing. It's being, yeah, it's dick pic of marketing. It's so true. That was brilliant. No, it is. It's like whipping out your fucking wang. Yeah. Like, How big it is. Don't you want a piece? And all of us are like, ew, no, put that away. But I can fucking tell you if somebody connected to Rachel, it's like, Rachel, I love your style of grooming. I love the fact that you put the dog's needs first and you take time to know your dogs. Hey, what do you do with your dogs? I'm literally giving you guys coaching right here. What do you do with the dogs afterwards? Because Rachel has a very systematic process. She doesn't overcrowd her shop, but she is looking for somebody to actually come in and help her or relieve some pressure and deliver more value and build that strategic relationship. Mm-hmm. But because somebody's just like, here's my card. She's like, I don't fucking trust you. I don't trust you with my clients that I built up over the years and I have that relationship trust with. So guys, end of the day, grassroots style marketing, 
make connections with people. Don't make it the dick pic marketing where you just drop your cards off. Don't put your fucking, oh my God, I'm going to go on a rant really quick if that's cool. Don't fucking put your cards up on bullets and boards. You might as well just throw it down a black hole. It's, it's hilariously sad. I see this and I see some really good dog trainers in our area. And I'm like, why is she up there? I'm like, God, you're so much better than that. There are so many people we can actually refer to you as a dog training company. Like I would love to refer some clients to you, but girl, you're better than that. And I'm just saying to you guys, you guys are better than just spraying and praying. Mm. I need a mic. No, you need an extra mic that's broken just so you could drop it repeatedly. I have one actually. (laughs) I want a little dinger bell that kind of looks like this, but it's not an actual titty. (laughs) That was easy. (laughs) Anyway, so closing up, Maggie, do you have any thoughts on this as we wrap up? So just a quick summary. Start your business on in your marketing and on paper. That means go literally file your business name in the new state. Get that shit going. Uh, start making contacts now, start running ads and getting leads for your new location now, after you've updated your program to Fusion Course Design, um, and make sure that you're in alignment with your program so that when you do move, you can still maintain your old clientele, which shouldn't be old clientele because there's ways to do that. Um, so those are really the quick rundowns of the things that are the most important. Uh, getting your marketing, some grassroots marketing, making those connections without spraying and praying and uh, having a good program designed so that you can take on clients from the new place and maintain clients from the old place. And don't burn your business down. Don't, don't sell don't it at a it. really low price. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it at a really low price, even though some people tell you to do that. Don't do that. It, it just doesn't work. It, and it's like, it, it does it does work. Let me tell you, say that. But it doesn't take an about. You are not going to get the price that you put in over the years of equity of your own personal equity of your knowledge, expertise, investments, and everything like that training in a number. I mean, the number would be exponential 5 million at least or whatever. So don't go and sell it for 10 G's. We've made, we, I've made that mistake before and it's going to, I can tell you if you are really attached to a lot of your clients, especially if you raise dogs from puppyhood or whatever, your pets or dog walker, it's going to break your heart knowing when somebody doesn't follow through. So anyway, all right, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you, Maggie. And I'm looking forward to the next one. So, and (coughs) excuse me, if you guys have any topics you want us to cover during Coach's Corner, drop them. We're open to it. We'd love to help you. Yeah, there's ample questions, but if you have one, let us know. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh my God, go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content-packed dog business jam sessions plus special offers that I'm gonna only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl. I'm at dogwalkercoach. You can find me, dogwalkercoach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, till next time. Bye.